Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. So good to be here today. Today we're picking up right where we left off. We are looking still at Genesis chapter 2, 1 through 3, because we're taking this time in Genesis 2 to look at the idea of the Sabbath and what that means, like why God did that. So here are the verses, Genesis 2, 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. Okay, so God, what does he do on the seventh day? He rests. We know he did a lot of work, spoke of that uh, for the last, I don't know, 30 some episodes. God had put in the work, amen. He rested. And he gives that to us for a pattern or an example for us to rest. And I think that in society, maybe at one point, this was something that was taken serious. I remember growing up up north um, and it was just wide open. Uh, I mean, I think people have called uh, some of these northern states a religious. I don't know if that's the right word, but it was it was, you know, it was, it was wild. OK, so. Up north, you grow up quick, et cetera, especially in urban areas. Move out to Ohio four years, a little more conservative, but still just I didn't notice much of the area that I was living in. But I remember moving to South Carolina and there was blue laws where they weren't wouldn't sell alcohol on Sundays. It was very striking. You could go into a gas station and they actually have like padlocks on the uh, beer fridges, which by the way, I wish they would go ahead and do that now for every place uh, all day, every day, amen, who needs it. But yeah, I guess to preach on the dangers of alcoholism is another message, but they had these blue laws in, in, in South Carolina and they took them seriously, the, the law. Uh, in, in North Carolina, uh, the town I live in used to be a dry town. So you don't see a lot of bars and clubs still to this day. You see a little bit more uh, alcohol creeping in. But at one point, it was a dry town. Oh, how we've come a long way uh, in, in, a, in a wrong way. But I believe at one point in the country, uh, there was there was some semblance of like Sunday, uh, you know, uh, a special day, right? It used to be a post office wouldn't deliver mail on Sundays. And I'm always grieved when I see those postal trucks out there. I mean, give them a day off. Um, banks used to not be open on Sundays. Some banks, I guess, do open now, maybe, I don't know. Uh, with the internet, people can just shop at home and do whatever they want on Sundays, like a normal day. And it just seems that things are getting out of hand, uh, in my work. That's not, uh, the ministry work, but if I'm working, um, to pay the bills, so to speak, cause that's how we keep everything going. Uh, I'll get messages on Sunday. Like it's no big deal. I mean, you know, from companies, like they're just working like normal and it's no one's taking a day off. And I remember uh, about 12 years ago or so, uh, moving out here and uh, going to church with now my wife, but at the time was my girlfriend, we would go and the preacher would preach about, hey, you need to, you know, take 
take the day off. And so I thought, well, let me try. And it was new to me because again, I, I really hadn't discerned this before. I guess the Lord hadn't given it to me, uh, but I really tried to stop working on Sunday. You know, like if I could, I wouldn't do anything. And I was really kind of concerned because I had been working a lot uh, all the time. And so I wondered what would happen. And what I noticed was by resting on Sunday, the six other days I were more, I was more productive, you know, really any kind of loss, so to speak, turned into a gain and, and that the Lord really made up for it. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't even think about it now. It's just automatic on Sunday. It's just church and rest. And unless there's some major thing going on, that's about it. But Back then, I really noticed. I said, you know, this is cool. You know, as I stopped, whatever it was that I was doing to just kind of rest on Sunday, everything seemed to kind of take care of itself. And I believe that's God's sovereign power. And it's also God's sovereign will for us all. And I, I don't know that that's the best example, but that's that's the example, I think, of, uh, you know, resting on Sunday and it being fruitful. Amen. And that's God's design. And so what we're going to do uh, as we come back from the break is we're going to look at why we're not under the Sabbath and why it is good to rest on Sunday. Stay tuned. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. Okay. So last episode, just to recap, we talked about how we're no longer under the law. Like we don't have to take Sunday off to like earn curry favor with God or earn our way into heaven because we are not under the law, right? Uh, if you go shopping on Sunday, if you eat out on Sunday, if you have to work, let's say you work in a hospital or something and that's your shift, it's completely fine because we're not under the law. We're not under the law, okay? I gave two verses, Hebrews 1, 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, that's Hebrews 1.3, God, through the person of Jesus Christ, he paid our sin debt at Calvary, so we're saved and we're no longer under the law. Colossians 2.13-17. through 17. And you, being dead in your sins and, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened or made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you, in meat or drink or in respect of holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to go, come, but the body is of Christ. So the rules of the Sabbath, uh, what you know, the new moon, etc., all these rules in the Old, Te Old Testament don't apply to us when it comes for uh, salvation. Now, you're saying, Brother Clark, does that mean I should just throw away my Ten Commandment poster? No, it doesn't. Because God gives these laws to the Israelites, and they're not of themselves bad. Collectively, no one can keep them, but they're not of themselves bad. We see that we are to love the Lord with all our heart and our mind. That's not bad, amen. Uh, to not lie, to not kill, to not steal. That's not bad. It's not bad. To rest on the Sabbath day is not bad, right? Uh, you know, it, it, it's not bad, but yet we're not under the law. Uh, the Jews, they had a lot of rules, okay? 
Uh, they couldn't sew. They couldn't create fire. A chicken couldn't lay an egg. Uh, you know, you couldn't treat a wound. I mean, this is crazy stuff. And again, you're saying, well, that was a long time ago. There's still people. There's denominations that put themselves under the law. There's groups that put themselves under the law. Uh, and some of it is very pronounced. I mean, you can see uh, people that have decided to follow some doctrine beyond grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. And that's what we believe here. The Bible teaches that we are simply saved by faith alone. It's a, the Hebrews 11, 6 tells us it's impossible to please God without having faith, but he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So what that tells me is if we have faith, we are pleasing God. We are simply asked to believe. believe. That's it. That's the only thing that we can do. We see in the Old Testament, Abraham, what was he justified by? His works? No. He, he was justified by faith. Amen. That was in the Old Testament. And that is, you know, uh, brought to us again in Romans as well. Uh, Romans 4, what shall we say then that Abraham, our father, is pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scriptures? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And I could go on. That's Romans 4. I, I encourage you to read it. But Abraham, was he wasn't perfect, okay? Uh, David wasn't perfect, all of these people in the Bible, besides Jesus Christ, are not perfect. Disciples were far from pe perfect. Look at Peter forsaking the Lord three times, you know. Uh, none of us are perfect. We don't have to be. That's the beauty of this. We simply believe, and by faith, we're justified. By faith, by believing. This is it. Hebrews 4.10. For he that is treated into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Amen. So we see here that, you know what? This first day of the week is something to take serious. This Sabbath day is something to take serious. Amen. Uh, now, I don't know exactly what's happening at heaven, but I believe the Lord is at rest waiting to come back and get his church. He already did the work. The work is done. Amen. And now it's time for him simply to come back, get his church, and he's going to set up the millennial kingdom after the seven-year tribulation period, after he wipes out all his enemies. Then he'll expel uh, the devil a, a thousand years later after the millennial kingdom, and that'll be that. Amen? But as far as his work to save us, that's already been done, and now he's resting. And we are called to rest on this Sabbath day. Amen? Now, what happened on the first day of the week? You know, what happened? Most of this came from Christian Apologetics Research Ministry. That's C-A-R-M. I've got some notes here. Jesus rose from the dead on the first day of the week, and that's Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, John 20. Um, in John 20, verse 1, the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. So he rose on the first day of the week. He appeared to his disciples on the first day of the week. John 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. So he rose on the first day of the week. He appeared to his disciples on the first day of the week. Uh, Jesus appeared inside the room to the 11 disciples eight days after the first day of the week. The Jewish way of measuring days meant it was that was again on a Sunday. That's John 20, verse 26. Uh, after, and after eight days, again, his disciples were with it, within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. 
Another one, the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost. That is the first day of the week. Uh, and that's mentioned in Acts 2.1. The first sermon was preached by Peter on the first day of the week, and that's Acts 2.14. 3,000 converts joined the church on the first day of the week, Acts 2.41. 3,000 were baptized on the first day of the week. Again, that's Acts 2.41. And I'll give you that verse. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So we see here that Christians assembled on the first day of the week. And so we see that we are to rest on the first day of the week and that we're no longer under the law. I think I've established those but that also we are to meet and assemble on the first day of the week because it's not just a day, but it's the Lord's day. So it should be a day that our mind is on the Lord. Uh, depending on what kind of church you go to, you may have a service uh, in the morning and at night or in the afternoon. Go to both. That is a form of spiritual rest, of spiritual healing, of praise and worship, of all these things, spending time in the Lord's house. Uh, ours when we met in the house, our house church, uh, and then before that in the building, we had four years together. We met um, varying times, but typically 11 a.m. was our morning service. And I think it was started at 6, 6.30, and then eventually morphed into like 5 for our afternoon service. And sometimes when we were in the house, we'd after a meal, we'd have it as early as 3. But we met twice. And so some people would say, well, if you're meeting, is that still rest? I think it is because, you know, to me, it was the best day of the week in a lot of regards. I mean, you know, you've got God, you've got singing, you've got praise, you've got Bible uh, preaching and studying, you've got prayer time, you've got a meal, you've got fellowship, and what else do you need? I mean, that is like the best way in my mind to rest because you do all that. And then once everything settles down, everyone goes home, you have quiet time, you can rest and so forth. And so it's important for us to remember the Bible gives us a pattern or an example that we are to worship God on this Sabbath day. And we're going to, I'm going to try to wrap up this series on the Sabbath and this series on Genesis uh, 2, 1 through 3 next episode by looking at a little bit deeper about this last uh, or the first day of the week and, and, and the, the day to rest and so forth. And again, just try to make it the last episode on this because, you know, you could go on and on because a lot of people have questions on it and hopefully this is helpful. So tune in next time as we wrap up Genesis 2, 1 through 3. Uh, I promise we'll get it done, Lord willing. Amen. Uh, and thank you for listening so much. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow, same time, same place.